Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With professional wrestler Colt Cabana. All right, how you guys doing? Come on in, sit down, relax, put in those tweaked audio earbuds. You're about to listen to the Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's a life podcast. It's a personal journal. It's an entryway into the minds, the souls, the hearts, and the lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Cole Cabana. I am a podcaster. I'm a personality. Most importantly, though, I am a professional wrestler. We are sitting here live in the studio. Apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Hey, before we go any further, this is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you. We give it to you free of charge every single Thursday on WeLoveColt.com, Stitcher Radio, and on iTunes. A couple great ways that you can support. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That helps the algorithm. Tell a friend. Let somebody know what's going on and what we're doing over here. Or if you got a couple of bucks in your pocket, head on over to ColtMerch.com or DigitalColt.com. T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs. I have the brand new Live from the Studio t-shirt digital downloads premium podcast five dollar wrestling movies so many goodies over there i truly i truly truly appreciate your support at coltmerch.com and digitalcult.com okay for the ones who have been with me since the beginning and there's a lot of you and you know i love you guys no rip on the ones who have joined late welcome to the show enjoy the back catalog have the time of your life make a marathon out of it but the ones from the beginning know about my obsession with the honking tonk man gimmick scotty too hottie rikishi eugene when i was in developmental johnny curtis and i would just sit and talk about one day maybe we can get the honky tonk man gimmick and i remember when fandango got called up officially after wrestlemania and the dancing was going on he was like the happiest kid in the world he had been blessed It's like he had been dubbed on each side of his shoulder with a sword by the honky-tonk man himself. Take this, Fandango. Run with this character. You wrestle on independent shows until you're 57 years old, Fandango. This will be your life. And this is the honky-tonk man on the podcast. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. He's great. You know he's a talker. We'll listen to him talk in just a bit. Heard any rumors lately, guys? Uh, All right, let me make a statement before I talk about the great time I had this weekend in Minnesota and in Edmonton. Something was reported this week about myself and uh, a position in in the world of professional wrestling. And people were worried and people were tweeting me. And I'll just say this. uh, This podcast is probably the best 
thing that I've ever done in wrestling for myself. I'm not saying I don't know if it's a good podcast or not. You know, that's for you to decide. Some people decided not. Some people decided yes. But for my own sanity, this is this is what's made me happy. Talking into this microphone and talking with my friends about wrestling. And this has allowed me to find an audience. This has allowed me to find people that enjoy what I do. It's It's been the goal since day one is how do I find my audience? And this has been it. So I have to protect myself no matter what comes. And I have to be smart about what I'm going to do in the future, whatever it may be. And yes... Big corporate wrestling machines have reached out to me and and have inquired about my services, but it's not just them. Other big corporation wrestling machines have also reached out to me. And every time I think about what happened before and every time I think about how I'm doing now and I keep that into consideration and the realization of my sanity and how much I enjoy it. And this is what I love to do. This is a part of something I love to do. And I don't plan on stopping this anytime soon. So take that however you want it. Just know that I am a podcaster. I'm proud to be a podcaster. And in the foreseeable future, I see myself as a podcaster. Was that cryptic? Was that weird? Listen, I ain't quitting this podcast for nothing. You get it? Good. All right. I was in Minneapolis for first wrestling. Wrestlepalooza. So much fun. It was First Avenue, a very famous rock concert. It's where Prince did Purple Rain, and it felt like a fucking arena. I swear to God. The First of all, the fans of Minneapolis who came out to see me, a lot of you guys came out, and you've seen me before. You watched me grow up in wrestling since I was 19 years old, and some of you hadn't seen me before and just came out for that event. You guys were fucking awesome. Awesome. If you want to know what the wrestlers were talking backstage, they were talking about how fucking awesome that crowd was and how much they were a part of that wrestling show. And I know they're running again in the fall, and I hope everyone's listening. I want to be back because it felt like a fucking arena. It was like arena wrestling. And this comes from a guy who really didn't get that giant arena feel when I was in WWE. They weren't chanting Goldman from the rafters. Uh, so to go into First Avenue and to get that feel and that reaction from you guys the crowd was so satisfying and believe me the wrestlers truly appreciate that and it makes you want to come back to first avenue and first wrestling then edmonton yes united airlines lost my bag with all my merchandise and some people may or may not understand this but if you think you know what i make as a wrestler divide that by four (laughs) and then multiply that i guess by 52 weeks a year and it, it still isn't a lot if anything so a big part of the idea that i have to stay afloat and pay my rent and pay my bills is i i have to sell merchandise it's the way that i can get by if i didn't have to do the hustle i wouldn't do the hustle but i have to do the hustle and not the dance like fandango but the actual idea of i i'd like to sell you some stuff that says my name on it and in return you're like cool i like supporting you and i like wearing stuff with your name on it and that's how that works but it didn't show up a little bit of me was kind of relieved because well i could just kind of sit back and take in the show which i did which i enjoyed pwa i've never been to edmonton i've never been to calgary i've heard so many stories from tyson kidd and natalia and dh smith and this was kind of my first opportunity to take in that area And I don't know if this is becoming a buzzword, I'm sorry, but community, community. People that become part of a wrestling community, a wrestling show, a gathering of wrestling. And I get it. I get what ICP is getting at, a gathering. Your local wrestling, do you take part in it? You should. It's awesome. I was watching the PWA Hall of Fame 
And I could see all the guys that had been around and Kurt, the promoter, and he had put so much time and effort and his mother and his wife were inducted in the Hall of Fame. And all the fans knew the wife and the mom because the wife and the mom collect tickets and wipe up after the show. And they know all the wrestlers and they're the wrestler moms and all the fans and everybody knows each other. And I think that's the greatness of a wrestling community. That's the greatness of me starting out in St. Paul Championship Wrestling in Minneapolis and wrestling in a barn. Why would I wrestle in a barn for Ian Rotten? It's to get to know all these people. They become part of your family. They help nurture you. They help you grow as a performer. And it's fun to be part of something. And it was fun to watch from an outside perspective. PWA and Edmonton, they had that family atmosphere. And that's something special about independent wrestling that's hard to grab in corporate wrestling. It's hard when you have so many millions of fans. And obviously, corporate wrestling enjoys the millions of fans for the millions of dollars. But there's that intimacy, there's that specialness of a wrestling community in local, fun, family, independent professional wrestling. Song of the Week this week, of course, is the Honky Tonk Man. He is, uh, I guess, an Elvis impersonator, right? So, of course, they threw him on the ones and twos, and he sang his own song. It's cool, it's cocky, it's bad. It's the Honky Tonk Man singing his own theme song. Enjoy it, and we'll be back with the man himself. I got long side burns and my hair slipping back. I'm coming to your town in my pink Cadillac. I'm just a honky-tonk man. I'm just a honky-tonk man. I'm just a honky-tonk man. I'm cool, I'm cocky, I'm bad. I pick a mean guitar, I wear a blue suede shoes, you ought to hear me sing the snakeskin blues. I'm just a honky-tonk man. I'm just a honky-tonk man. I'm just a honky-tonk man. I'm cool, I'm cocky, I'm bad. Roll, Elvis, let the honky-tonk man show you how to rock and roll. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. 
Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. What do you what's wrong? <coughs> it's just a coughing up that shit. I woke up Sunday morning. Just bad news or whatever. No, I fuck. I, I, can I say that on here? Yeah, please. <laughs> please. It's encouraged. I have to be very careful now. Listen, I don't want you to you don't have to, to dog uh, on anybody. <laughs> no. But the more F bombs and shit bombs. No, 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 no. No I, one's gonna get mad at you for that. I, I've, uh, someone asked me on uh, Twitter uh, today it was uh how come you don't have the ass whooping list anymore? And I said, well, that that went out with the uh, uh, attitude era. I said the same as DX. There's no DX anymore, so there's no ass whooping list from Honky Tonk Man. So now you're the P. Now it's just back to PG. Yes, I've really gone PG. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Is that what everyone wants to see? I think everyone loved when when you got riled up a little bit, didn't they? Probably <laughs> you, know, you the I, most. I had fun with it. I really did. And here's the thing. And I, I want to say this because I always give the accolades to to whoever it might be like you who got me into doing this square thing where i can do credit cards and, and everything when i do autograph signings and and i'm so glad you did that for me and now it's become uh, uh the wave of the nation everyone's doing it now all of all the wrestlers are doing it. they saw you with yours they saw me with mine and then uh i told him i said yeah my friend Coke cabana he turned me on to this thing is but uh to get back to the old shoot interviews now, if Rob Feinstein is listening out there, that cheap son of a bitch, that Rob Feinstein, you bastard. I called him up one time. I said, Rob, can you like send me some of those shoot videos I've done because I can sell them at the wrestling shows I go to? Well, they're $10 each. I said, 10 bucks. The, you, one, the mean, one he's making a Corvette payments on. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> so that's Feinstein for. Feinstein, unbelievable, you fucking bastard. But, uh, Rob and I, we had a good run together, and uh, when he brought me over to do these first shoot interviews, I kind of set the the, the stage and the, the standards because he had had, I think he had told me, I said, who have you had before? And he had had Dusty in, and he had Bill Watts and somebody. I said, well, how were they? And he said, well, they didn't really open up and say the stuff we wanted. And at that point in my career, I didn't care. So, <laughs> you know, uh, That's- I mean, I said a lot of things. And, but the point I'm trying to make now, Colt, is this. Every wrestler who has left, who eventually left WWE or left WCW or any other organization, they have all now gone and, and, do, and they've done these shoot interviews with either Feinstein or they've done the, the, the one with the high other spots. fella. The high spots came along and they started doing them. And then uh, there's another fella out of New York who does the uh, kayfabe commentaries. Uh, uh, Sean up there, he he does those and that timeline stuff, where you go and talk about the timeline or the kayfabe commentary. None of the re- all the wrestlers when I did the first one, and then I did the second one, they said, "Man, that's really bad. You're getting heat with guys. Nobody wants to talk to you anymore because they're they're afraid of the you might go and say something." Now they have all gone and done these things, right. and not one of them has called me up and said. You know, we were sitting home one day, and RF called us, or High Spots called us, and you opened the door for us to make a payday. Here, let me buy you a cold beer, or let me uh, send you 20 bucks for you and your wife to have a nice little, you know, uh, uh, a McDonald's dinner. Right. Nothing. Oh. Not one person has said thank you, like I have said thank you about you giving me the square gimmick and, and, and everything oh, for my phone. Oh, can I say thank you here? here. Thank you. I, I'll thank you. I, I appreciate so, uh, it. I, uh, can, can I say this? Did, did you see that? Um, 
it's almost like wrestling. Like, yeah, maybe people, whatever, but they were talking about you. You know what I'm saying? The fans were talking. The honky tonk was getting talked about. It's kind of. Did you take that theory from wrestling? You know, it did. It was one of those things where if you're out of sight in in our business, in the entertainment business, and even in, in in sports and entertainment, I group it all together. If you are out of sight, you are definitely out of mind, and and you have created a way now doing the stuff that you're doing that you have you are keeping yourself. Coke Cabana is now it's a brand, it's a brand name. Before there was such thing as a brand name. Honky Tonk Man is a brand name. It was something that that has been created, and and we were just talking uh, before we went on air. The podcast that I can pick up the thing, and we can do one once, twice a year, and get a hundred thousand people to listen because they they are always intrigued about what we're going to say or what's going to be asked, and how are we going to react? And we've created something for ourselves. That it did not hurt my bookings at all. Did it hurt the fact that some of the wrestlers wouldn't talk to me? Well, they didn't call me anyway, so I don't give a <laughs> shit. Right. You know, you can count your friends in the wrestling business on one finger, and I say it's the middle finger. Oh man, do you have, <laughs> do you have do you have like a buddy? Uh, you know, other than uh, my friend Tom Brandy and Bushwhacker Luke, and uh, gosh, that's about it. I mean, Jimmy Hart would call me. We would talk once a month still, and uh, it's been since I signed back with the WWE for the Legends contract. I haven't heard from Jimmy now. It's been like six or eight you tell weeks. tell me, is Jimmy Hart legit? Is, like, I don't want dirt. Whatever, maybe a little. He's like the <laughs> nicest guy ever. Is he? Like, is there any? Did he ever, like, <laughs> you, you know, like, you just give I, me a I, yes or a no on that. I, I, <laughs> I, would, I would say, Jimmy, uh, man, it's, it's like pouring down rain out there. He says, no, no, it's beautiful. But, Jimmy, it's raining. No, it's beautiful. Uh, but I love him to death, and yeah. if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have accomplished the things I did. And and for that, because he would get me up at 4 in the morning, and we'd do the interview from the West Coast. That, that would I'd be in L.A. or somewhere, San Francisco, and do an interview for New York or Boston at 4 in the morning to get on drive time He was there. a legit manager. He, he really did push me. He pushed me to the point where, I mean – Gosh, we were inseparable. We we stayed together 75, 80 days on the road and the cars and yes, was he, he would, doing that was he doing that for typhoon and earthquake? He yeah, he would he would do it for the guys who would get up and go do it and, and go and push themselves, but a lot of guys and you know this yourself, a lot of guys in the business, we we get lethargic and we get lazy and I don't want to do that interview or no. I, it's what time do we need to? Well, we need to do it at four in the morning or we're, if we're in New York, we, we need to do it on the way to the airport. No, but I would, I always followed his lead on it and it kept me out there in the public eye. And I learned a lot from him about what we're doing, what you're doing now is, and he doesn't do a lot of it. Jimmy's not one of these guys that goes out and tries to seek out publicity. In fact, he has never done one of my podcasts. He has never done a shoot interview or any of that stuff at all. And if you ask him to come on your show, you probably say, uh, yeah, yeah, baby, yeah, I'll do it. But at the end result is he's probably not going to do it. <laughs> all right. He's one of those guys. Oh, that, that makes me so sad. Well, he's one of those guys that he won't do that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, you can't blame him. I don't blame him at all. What I don't understand is this, and I would hope that someday someone can figure it out. And I asked my friend Rip Rogers the other day on Twitter, uh, Twitter or Twitter? How Twitter. You okay, see, I get And Rip right. Rogers is definitely on Twitter now. It's Hustler, awesome. Hustler Rip Rogers. Yeah. I, I said, Hustler, how does a guy like Terry Taylor, the rooster, and Jimmy Hart float between every company never have heat? It's crazy. And get a job. 
There's those those I think I think the same thing. <laughs> They're the only two guys that's been with every company and still keep a job. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Well, it's, what are we? We're doing something wrong. I, we're definitely doing something. But <laughs> well, we're definitely happy with our with who we are as people, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, there's some jobs I would like to have, and there's some jobs that I couldn't do anyway. So there's there's no reason to bother calling me. Well, you're you're, you're still no TNA. Do not call me. I'm not putting anybody over down there in TNA. Is TNA still in business? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, you. So I said, hey, Hunky, you know, I, I do the podcast, and for your generation, you know. Sometimes it's hard for me to have some of you, some of, of your generation's wrestlers on because my age gets it. We we know what's going on. We understand the power of the internet and everything. And and you were like, oh yeah, I know what a podcast is. This and that and blah blah blah. Like it's so greatly refreshing to me. Yeah. That you 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 go you know what's going on. You understand. You know, like you're moving with the times. Well, I was there again. I, I was like the spaceman Frank Hickey. Uh, many many years ago, and Ooh, hey. if, uh, Frank Hickey was the guy who called himself the Spaceman, and he dressed up like a spaceman forty years ago, and he was so ahead of his time with it, his outfits and his costumes is this and everything. Or is yes, this life. Okay. Yes, no, and he was a wrestler that a lot of guys remember and know, and especially some of the old timers in New York, because Frank Hickey came into New York as a spaceman, Frank Hickey, and for many years he he had elaborate costumes it was kind of like superstar billy Graham with the tie-dyed outfits you know he came along with all the tie-dye stuff and was way ahead of his time but this fellow uh, uh frank higgy the spaceman was the same way and when i started doing my first uh website it was very cutting edge I mean, we had that ass whooping list, and we had all these things, and some of the. I mean, I even had one time Jim Ross said, "Man, are you do you really want to whoop my ass?" Mm-hmm. I said, "For Christ's sakes, Jim, it's a word." Pro wrestling, Jim. It's pro wrestling, <laughs> right? I said, "I can't fight my way out of a paper bag." Are you kidding me? <laughs> right, but at the, the end game, people are coming, and then people are buying, or people are seeing but you. It, it, you keep it, yourself it around. It kept me around. It kept me around. Listen, I have been away from the WWE and the spotlight of that company. For almost 20 years. And I still do my 40, 50 independent shows a year, which is incredible for a guy that just turned 60. Wow. You look great. Well, I mean, thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we don't have real television here. Well, it's a different medium. Right, you can tell everybody. I've got a six-pack. Have you seen my six-pack abs? Well, you know, I've lost 28 pounds myself. You do look and, yeah, good. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I, it was something I wanted to do. I started the day before Christmas, and... About three years ago, I lost 20 pounds in about three months, and I said, gosh, I can do this. Then I gained 28 pounds back. Whoa. So then I said, you know, the heck with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the things that I should do. Now, I don't go to, to the gym and work out or doing that stuff. I spent so many years doing that in my life. I started when I was a teenager, when I was in high school, working out on the weights and doing that kind of stuff. Is it and bad at 33 that I feel this way it now? It just that totally burned me out. <laughs> I mean, I totally got burnt out with going to the gym and doing that kind of stuff because, I mean, at any given time, you can do push-ups or sit-ups in, in the room or you can get one of those rubber band things and do that. And you don't have to go in the gym and push all these weights. And <laughs> You know, uh, my cousin, God bless him, Jerry Lawler, he's, 
you say say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jim, to him, he thinks he's talking about Jim Ross. Yeah. I mean, the king... He, Going to a gym is something he never ever did. Yeah, Hillbilly Jim told me that, and I was blown back. Blown it's true. Away. He he never worked out in his whole career, and he's he's one of the top guys, the top you know five or six ten guys that you can mention in the history of our business. And he never went to the gym and worked out or did that kind of stuff. But he was a great in the ring. And he was a good talker, and he always kept his body in in a decent looking. Physical condition. Is that just from wrestling? I think it was genetics and wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, to me, I've never been one of these guys that wanted to over. If you get to the point where you're 300 pounds and you're all these muscles, and then one day you get sick and you don't feel good and you got the flu for a month, all of a sudden you lose 20 or 30 pounds. People go, Are you sick? Mm. And then it gets to be an obsession to go back and look that way. I've always believed that if you do everything in moderation, if you look better than your neighbor, if you look better than the guy that's buying the ticket, then you're going to be okay. And that still not only goes for body, but that's, that goes for hair. And, everything. And jumpsuit. Yeah. Everything. Right? Like well, the whole. <laughs> it's like Killer Kowalski would always say, don't touch my hair. <laughs> what was going on with Kowalski's hair? I would tiptoe my hand up his back. You know, he'd have me in an arm bar. And I wrestled Kowalski a couple of times. I wrestled Stu Hart. I wrestled all the old timers. Uh, for some reason, I don't know how I ended up doing it, but I did. But I would tiptoe my hand up his back, and I would get almost to his hair, and he would yank my arm and pull me right back down. Don't touch my hair. <laughs> where, where did you wrestle with these guys at? With Killer, I would wrestle in Boston when uh, Triple H and those guys, Perry Saturn, and uh, they were all just starting out, just young they kids. They were doing, doing the ring. Yeah. Do you, you, do you even remember Triple H? Oh, yeah. He was Terrorizer. And you remember, you remember him? Yeah. On, I, I, on we might have had matches, but I think he worked on a card, and uh, a lot, Perry Saturn was on those cards, and all those kids were. Oh. Just really a bunch of really good kids up there. Kowalski had great guys. Yeah. Every time I see Triple H in the ring now, I see Kowalski's thumbprint. That's I can see it. And there's still some lingering around that I've had on this podcast, too, that, that people have that yeah. come from Kowalski. Now, yeah. I'm going to say something. I, to, to, to you, it should be the utmost compliment. I don't know how you'll, how you'll take it at all. But I've always said that 
and I've said it so many times on this podcast, that's why a lot of listeners are going to be happy that I say it, is that I always wanted the honky-tonk man gimmick, or a honky-tonk <laughs> man gimmick. Well, you do have a good-looking set of uh, mutton chops How going there. How these sideburns. Yeah. But the idea that you go on TV and you get you get X amount of years on the national WWE television, and then you can take that for as however, in my mind, however long, not however long, because obviously you had to work hard, but you got yourself just an unbelievable character that people will forever know, and then you can go on the smaller circuit and forever make money just until you're 60 years old, right? And I didn't create it. It's like I told Stone Cold and, and uh, him, uh, him, Owen Hart, I'm thinking maybe... Triple H might have been there. Maybe it was just uh, uh, Stone Cold and Triple H and myself. We were in, like, State College, Pennsylvania at a, at a Denny's or in Pittsburgh, somewhere in there. And, and Stone Cold was in this transition where the fans were cheering for him, even though he was he – he he never, ever wanted to be a good guy, ever. And he says, I don't know what to do. He said, I, I can't – the fans are cheering for me, and – Every time I try to make them boo me, they cheer for me. I said, Steve, do – I said, I had to do this. They tried to make me a good guy when yeah. I first came to WWE, but I had designed the character to be a bad guy. And I told Vince in the very beginning, I don't think I can make this work. And I could not make it work as a good guy. I said, if the fans want you to be a good guy, don't change what you're doing. Just go with what the fans want. And he didn't. He did not change from, you know, sticking the middle finger up, drinking the beer, going, hell yeah, and I'm going to open up some whoop ass. He continued to be the bad guy, but the fans turned him into a good guy. I was trying to be a good guy, but the fans made me be this dastardly heel that I knew I could be. And I designed the character that way, and that's why it worked. But getting back to the original question, some wrestling fans in Birmingham, Alabama, Gave me the jumpsuit thing, told me to do the black. Some hair. wrestling fans. Some fans, yes. Hold on. No, I didn't create this at all. Wait, Vince no. McMahon didn't come to you. No, it's not his creation. No. Okay, no. so you're wrestling in Alabama. I was in, uh, yeah, southeastern wrestling with the Fullers, Ron Fuller, Robert Fuller. That people remember, uh, Robert was Colonel Parker in WCW that had the wedding with the Sensational Sherry and all that stuff and. Tennessee uh, Lee. Yeah, Tennessee Lee, that's who he was. And Jimmy <laughs> Golden was there, and Jimmy was Bunkhouse Buck in WCW. But all these guys were from Southeastern Wrestling down in Mobile, Pensacola, Birmingham, Montgomery. And uh, some, uh, some, uh, two of the girls, wrestling fans, uh, Linda Marks, M-A-R-X, not as in a mark, but Linda Marks, she told me, she said, when I had the sideburns, I had blonde hair, long blonde hair. But I did a thing with Austin Idol because I was tired of the blonde hair. I wanted to get my hair black. And when I did the thing with Austin Idol to not a hair cutting match, but a hair dye match. He's blonde. I'm blonde. There's not enough room here for two blondes. Somebody's going to have to have black hair or red hair or green hair. You were so tired I, in the sense of that it, yes. was, it was... The blonde hair was a dead-end streak. Okay, not that you had been dying it for so long. No, it was <laughs> one of those things where uh, back in the late 70s, there was a lot of blonde wrestlers. It must have been blondes. such a, a, a... What's it called? Everyone... Well, it was a pain in the ass to, to, you know, when you got dark brown roots, and now my hair would be... Uh, well, it's actually white, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, we did that, dyed the hair black, and I had the sideburns anyway. And she said, have you ever thought about this Elvis thing? I said, no, I've never even considered because I love the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. 
<laughs> and uh, they showed up about a month later at one of the shows in Birmingham and said, we have something for you. And it was a, a gold jumpsuit. And from there it took off. Robert Fuller, Colonel Parker, uh, what would you call him? Lee? Tennessee Lee. Tennessee I wouldn't Lee. call him. I'm just saying, like, if someone doesn't know. But he was the one who gave me the guitar. Okay. He was the one who said, here, take this guitar out there, man, and whack the shit out of somebody. Did he have it in his, in his basement? With, like, I, I picture him, like, Doing like two weeks of guitar lessons and failed, and then it's just like sitting. Well, he, I mean, no, 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 he could play the guitar. All, okay. all the Welches and Fullers, well, I say the Welches because that's their real name. Their, their Fuller was their wrestling names, but they were all uh, country music singers and guitar. Robert could play and sing. His brother Ron, seven foot tall, he could play. And they, they loved that thing. And they said, man, take this guitar and go beat the hell out of somebody with it. And well, that's how it started. Tell me about the, the difference of the fans because, you know, it's an era I don't, I, I wasn't around. That where is this something normal that two fans come to you and come with a giant jumpsuit and are like, and this is basically tracks the rest of your career? Is that normal? You know, I I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I, I know that that uh, I know the first time I saw Hulk Hogan, he wasn't Hulk Hogan. He was Terry the Hulk Boulder, and he had Beefcake with him, who was uh, Eddie Eddie the Hulk Boulder. They were like the boat. They were called the Boulder Brothers. But as soon as I saw this big 300-pound, blonde-haired guy, tanned, I knew this guy was made of money. And he might admit it, he might not. I think he would now. I was the one, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but I was the one who gave him that Hulkamania, Hulk up, Hulk up, Hulkamania. We took that from Austin Idol because, I once again, Idol was on the cutting edge and he was in Memphis as, hey, it's Idolmania. It's running wild. Idolmania, it's all over the world. If, you, if any of the fans go back and look at some of those old Memphis tapes on Austin Idol, he was saying that. Even in the uh, Atlanta Championship wrestling, wrestling or whatever it was, but Georgia Championship Wrestling, he would go on TV with Gordon Soley on a Saturday, hey, it's Idolmania. So we gave it Hulkamania. Hulk up, Hulk up. Where, where, now, where was this? We were in Memphis. Okay, right. Yeah, and he started doing the hookup thing, and, and that's, how, that's how the hookup thing started. The Hulkamania came from Austin Idol. But now, Hulk, I've got to say this. He adopted a lot of, of Superstar Billy Graham stuff, all his interviews. I was going to say, you hear the Billy Graham stuff a lot. Yes, and yeah. then he took the, the Idol mania, called it Hulkamania, the hooking up and all this we listen. We don't really create anything. Mm -hmm. We either steal it from someone or someone gives it to us. Right? There's nothing. There's nothing original in this business. Has there been? Was there anyone that called you out on uh, that had been doing like an Elvis gimmick beforehand or anything? No, I mean, they, I mean, there was nobody did it, but Bill Dundee and Jamie would. In fact, I saw Jamie at the Insane Clown Posse uh, thing over in Detroit a few months ago when I went over and worked back with the clowns. And I saw Jamie. I would always tease Jamie when he was in WWF doing the. WWE, I'm sorry, yeah. uh, doing the PG-13 thing or, or uh, what were they called? Nation of Domination right. or something. He was, anyway, I said, Jamie, can you come help me get in this jumpsuit? Yeah, goddamn, I've been putting that jumpsuit on my old man for 30 years. Hell yes, I can help you. <laughs> so, right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Bill was doing the thing, and, and uh, that's why I never wanted to do it because I didn't want to copy anyone. I always felt like, you know, you really need to do something on your own, but there's not a lot in this business in the last 50 years that someone has actually says, I created that. Mm. 
because I don't know if we, if anybody's ever created anything. We take, I, you know, I can take a little bit from Coke Cabana. I can take a little bit from, from uh, The Rock. I can take a little bit. Well, The Rock stole my eye, <laughs> which actually I stole the eye from Lawler. And, uh, you know, who, who God only knows where he stole it from. But, you know, it was one of those things we could do with the eyebrow. Can you do it? So, yes. And uh, some... <laughs> There, oh, there it is. There it is. There's the eye. But anyway, I have it in a photo in 1987, and I was selling the photo at a Comic-Con. I said, look, who had the people's eye before the people's eye? And one of the fans really got me. They said, looks like you had it first. I said, yeah. And they said, but he gave it a name. I said, yep, you're right. <laughs> That's the downfall. Yeah, he gave it. He it. gave it a name. Right. And then I hear Jimmy Snooker says, "No, I gave him the eye, brother. I gave him the eye." Yeah. <laughs> it's in the, in the lineage. They all so, can do I mean, it. Hey, you know who knows? All who the gets. Islanders can do that. Uh, yeah, how you know, brother? <laughs> um, so when when you said it, uh, you did the honky tonk man character, obviously the most successful thing, right? Now I did. I took the name off a song, a Johnny Horton song, many many years ago. In fact. The, the fellow who wrote the song, I'm a honky-tonk man, his grandchildren found me on Twitter. Twitter. Isn't that cool? And they tweeted me. Social media now? Yes. And, and their, their grandfather wrote that song for Johnny Harton, and they are sending me a copy of their grandfather's book that he wrote. And they told me that their grandfather would see me on WWE TV, and he was so carried away that a wrestler adopted the name of his song to be a wrestler it could go either way he could be pissed like what the he fuck? he was and i i wish i could have met the man he passed away a couple of years ago and i never met him the fellow's name was tillman franks and he wrote the song with johnny harton i'm a honky-tonk man very cool yeah uh, i i i want to know almost about the struggles like before hitting it bit what uh, sleeping in your car and, yeah. and traveling four people in the car and eating bologna uh, bologna with no bread and uh, how old were you in sharing it? a six pack of beer with four guys and how old were you when you when you hit it when you hit that that mainstream television? oh i was fresh out of college i taught school when, when you taught, hit donkey Kong man no no that that didn't come for like 12 years I'm later saying, so at what, at what age were oh you no the first the first years were those hard struggling years right I'm saying I know you have you've had a oh the honky tonk man struggle too I mean I, I struggle with that uh, I had a little bit of break with it in in Pensacola Mobile in Southeastern where I was a Alabama heavyweight champion then the Southeastern heavyweight champion and ended up in a car wreck and kind of destroyed me there but I was having a serious little run with Boris Zukov. Big Boris with a big sure. head, Boris Zukov, Real that, that came into the uh, WWE with uh, Nikolai. Anyway, he was there, and he was the Russian, and I here I was, the Elvis guy. They made me a good guy and uh, ended up in a car wreck about a couple of weeks into our little program we were having. And I left. My wife was from Calgary. We moved back to Calgary, and I, I started working for Stu Hart. And uh, eh, eh, Stu loved it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, he likes the, the honky-tonk man. Uh, he's a hell of a character. Do you do that for uh, Harry when he's around? Uh, yeah, always, of course. <laughs> I'll, I'll see Brett later on, and I'll, I'll hey, how's, uh, how's Brett doing there? <laughs> I, I mean, I love the hearts, and, I, and Stu gave me a real break with it, and that's where uh, WWE found me, up there. That's They found a lot of those guys, yeah. a lot of everybody yeah. up there, huh? Was that he, was my big break to come out of there. Was Stu like an innovator in terms of a lot of the that era's talent came from up there? Uh, he had really good, solid wrestlers there and good entertainers and wrestlers. Stu liked wrestling guys and entertainers mixed together, and he had a mix of, of, of both. There were, and everyone was like legitimate tough guys other than me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, <laughs> you had bad news up there, and you had Davey Boy and Dynamite and – uh, of course, you had 10 Hart boys, and they were all shooters. They right. all went to wrestling in high school and college and different things. They were all very, very good in the ring. And then you had myself, and, of course, Dr. D. David Schultz was there and the Cuban assassin, and the list went on and on of guys who went through Calgary. I, I always thought it was – I had a T-shirt made up once when I left there the first time. I survived Calgary. But I loved the aggravation so much, I went back and – like three different times. I actually, I moved there and stayed like five What's years. What's the aggravation? I guess d- dealing with, uh, uh, what, Ten Hart kids, uh, daughters and son-in-laws, and there was Jim Nyhart there, and there was Ben Bazrev, and there was, you name it, they were, uh, and you got Wayne Hart, Keith Hart, uh, you got Stu, you got Smith, you got Bruce, you got uh, uh, Brett, you got is, Owen. You got. I mean, I missed somebody. There's is it be one of those situations when when because I've been in this a million. times. There's got to be a couple more. When you're in it, you're all you're doing is bitching, and then the moment you leave, you're like, oh, I you got to go, go back. back. Oh, it's the you best. You have to go back. It was the best. There's there's nothing like 500 mile trips with 40 below zero and slick tires on the van and the doors don't close and the heater doesn't work and the ring truck has no tail lights on it. Be uh, the, the behind you. Or, or they're pulling the ring and, and on a trailer and it's swaying across the highway. And as long, going, as, as, long as you get out of it alive, it's great. That's all that mattered. Right? Yeah. It's all that matters. You get home and live to go another day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about those. Early, you say, did you say you were teaching? I yeah, that? I taught school and coached high school football. Before you got into wrestling? Yeah, before I got into wrestling. So you're, you, you're growing up where again? I was in Memphis. You grew up in Memphis? Yeah. Okay. And. Go through school. You go to college. Yeah, went to the University of Memphis, which was called Memphis State. Got my bachelor of science in education, health and physical education, and minor in geography. Taught school two years. Coached football two seasons at a small school north of Memphis. Lived there. 
started into wrestling because a couple of my college buddies that we were on a we had a, a made up a little weightlifting team about six of us doing weightlifting and one of the teachers there one of the instructors got us a little place and got us some weights from the athletic with department. the goal of what what was the weightlifting team's goal uh i don't know just to lift weights just lift weights, just lift weights you know and take diana ball because <laughs> <laughs> get big we all just wanted to be big you know big man on campus sure, okay a couple of those guys were playing football and and uh some of us weren't and we were in the physical education department. We all knew each other. And uh, it's really something when you're in a dance class and you have 27 people in there and there's only two girls in the dance class, so you got to spend six or eight weeks in your college class dancing with a guy. Why, why are no girls taking dance classes? Well, I, I mean... Because every guy assumes that it's all going to be packed with Most girls. of the girls weren't taking physical education back then. Uh, no, I guess it's a different time. They were huh? taking, like, you know, elementary ed and stuff. We were like the... You know, big men on campus. Yeah, we're walking around with physical education department on our T-shirts. Guys and, aren't taking dance, though. Well, you had to take it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we okay. took swimming, badminton, <laughs> archery, golf, bowling, okay, tennis, basketball, baseball. We took all those crip classes. Uh, part of the underwater curriculum. basket weaving. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We were part of the fraternity. I felt a thigh. Okay. I felt it. Okay. I'm with okay. I like the pie, I think. Is oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the updated version. So, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like those sideburns you got there. They call thigh brushes, you know. Thigh brushes. And the guys grow the beard in the front, you know, the little mustache. We call that a womb broom, but that's okay. Oh, that's a whole different, it's a whole different podcast. Oh, it's actually. a family show. I'm sorry. No, not at all. <laughs> but, but anyway, these guys, two of Mike Stark, Mike Stark and another fellow, they had started going up to Dyersburg, Tennessee for one of the Welches, uh, Herb Welch, who was Robert Fuller and Ron Fuller I went talked about earlier. Their, their uncle was Herb Welch, and he had stopped wrestling at the time. Now, his brother, Roy Welch, was a promoter with Nick Goulas in Memphis and Nashville and with Jerry Jarrett. Jerry Jarrett's mother worked for Nick Goulas and Roy Welch, and Jerry was the Jerry Jarrett was the referee, and that's how him and Lawler became friends, and they eventually started their own territory. But back to the Welches, they were training with with Herb, and asked me to go one Sunday night and do it. And now I had another cousin, a boy named Carl Fergie, King Carl Fergie. Uh, uh, Jim Ross knows him very well because he worked in Louisiana, worked in North Carolina, worked at a lot of places around the country, but. Never, he never wanted anything other than you know just to be the king. I, no, <laughs> he he really just cared about working the first, second, third match, and he ended up being Bill Watts's uh, referee after Jake and a lot of guys left Bill Watts's territory, UWF and and uh, uh, Shreveport, New Orleans, and and Bill Watts's Tulsa territory. Junkyard Dog left, Ted DiBiase left, Jake left, Paul Orndorff left. They all went to WWE, and Carl was there. He was the referee and pulling the ring until Watts closed the territory down. He was there with Jim Ross and all those guys, Eddie Gilbert and Terry Taylor and all those people. But he was wrestling, and I said, well, gosh, if Lawler's a cartoon artist, he never played any sports. Here I am on a weightlifting team, and I played every sport known to man. My cousin Carl, he never played any sports, and they're making they're out here doing wrestling, and they're making money on TV. Well, sure, I'll go try it. Give it a and shot. And I, I went and I tried it, and next thing you know, six months later, I was on the road. Gave my notice at the school, left at Christmas break. Hit, right hit right the, in the middle of it. Hit the highway and never looked back. Were they, were they upset that you left the school? Uh, Did you have any guilt? 
No, no, because no. I mean, gosh, my my teaching and coaching check was seven hundred fifty dollars a month. My first wrestling check was like, you know, two hundred for the week. So I was making, you know, I was making eight hundred a month <laughs> wrestling, and plus, I mean, I had all these ring rats and drinking beer and smoking dope. And <laughs> the good life, yeah, the good life, living so, large. So I mean, well, in saying that, then you didn't you didn't go necessarily poor right away. I mean, as opposed, no, I didn't starve. No, yeah, I, I transitioned out of that. I, I gave my sister all the furniture I had in my apartment where I was living. Uh, I had my car. I had my suitcase with my clothes. I ordered up some tights and boots and. <laughs> And uh, away what, I went. Hey, this, where do you get your tights back then? Is there a, they were came from a place called K and H Wrestling. K and H, yeah. And the, in fact, the last pair that I purchased back when Santino Morello was doing that honka honka meter, right? The thing I, I called K and H, and the the daughter she still runs the business, but it's not like it used to be. But they I, would have the canvas. I still have right? the tights, the yeah. canvas kind of canvas trunks and canvas. Yeah, tights. I have some in my bag now. Yeah, still and my around. boots came from Bill Ash, uh, the Bill Ash uh, bootmaker from Arkansas. I still have that pair of boots. So those guys, I mean, it's they've been around because here's something that that well, none of them around anymore. Well, That's that the we're thing. dealing with is that you find a good tight maker and then they get bombarded with orders. Right. And right. then they all leave or quit because right. they can't take the stress. Was there a different system back then? No, it was the same. We we everyone used K and H. Everyone used them until there were some guys in Florida that started getting a Rick Rue was getting some tie dyed, uh, uh, not tie dyed, but uh, 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 airbrushed, just spray painted stuff. Jimmy mm. Hart knew a guy in Tampa that was doing things, and then uh, the English fella from uh, Pensacola. Uh, uh, Adrian Street. Adrian. Yeah. Adrian. In fact, they still make things for guys and yeah. and do quite well and do very good work. And then some other people popped up, like you said. But I never used anyone else. By the time I got to WWE, I had ten pairs of everything that lasted me for the now the last twenty five years. And you, and you had you've had the the jumpsuits, which weren't. The jumpsuits I had made in Calgary, then I had three of them made in Nashville. Weren't cheap, right? No, the three I had made in Nashville, the ones in Calgary were around 1000 1500 each. I had about six of those. Threw them all away when I moved to Arizona 21 years ago. There was no such thing as eBay. There was no such... Listen, we didn't do baseball cards and comic cons and stuff back then. There was no place for wrestlers well, you, I mean, to go sign autographs. Only Hogan got to go sign <laughs> autographs. You can't yeah. hit yourself, but a little bit of yourself wants to be well, like. Well, uh. you know, it is what it is, right? You know, it's like all of the the tapes and everything from all the WrestleManias and all the satellite. I would get the tape off the satellite feed from all the pay per views, no commercials in them, and they looked as good as HD TV. And I would get them. Uh, uh, my friend there, Kevin Dunn, it's still with WWE. Would I would say make me a copy of the tape, and he would copy me one and. I'd pick it up and send it home. My son, little boy then, three, four years old, had all those tapes, every one of them, all the TV shows, everything. I had a garbage can, one of these tall garbage cans, 50-gallon can of whoop-ass. Yeah. Dumped them all in there. When I moved to Arizona, threw them all away. That was that was the big uh, downfall of all your all the memorabilia. Was I, the I guess it's a, it was all gone, and someone came along, and all my ring attire that I had from Memphis and from – Pensacola, and I had in Calgary, I had a garage sale, and some lady came from the Memphis theatrical department, and she said, uh, I'm with a theater group, and we're always looking for costumes. She said, how much for these? I said, 
I've donated them. I gave them all to her. Well, it went to a good cause. Not the jumpsuits, but the other costumes right. I had, the robes and the flashy stuff that my mother made for mm-hmm. me. And then I got into the jumpsuit thing, and uh, the three nice ones, I had the black one that I wore on the Raw show not so long ago, a red one and a blue one. The blue one was $10,000, the red one was $6,000, and this black one I carry around all the time was 4000 Wow. The thing is this. I, to put money into I it, invested right? a lot of money yeah. into my business. My business was honky-tonk man and you get in to a business you get out of one what you put into it if you don't put in if you don't buy the tools and if you're a mechanic and you don't have if you've got chicken shit tools you're going to do a chicken shit job Mm -hmm. if you have the good stuff you will end up doing a good job right it's just that simple yeah yeah because if you're you're dedicated enough to buy the good stuff you're going to be dedicated enough then to perfect your craft you know, why would you buy a $10,000 jumpsuit and be a piece of shit? <laughs> you know, it, great, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's a good quote. Did, did you, uh, now lately I've seen you, you go over to, to to England and Germany sometimes. Did, did I, did, Not, I, I don't I've, do as much as I did. I did the Amsterdam, I did Zurich, I did Germany, England, Korea. I did a lot of military base shows. In fact, one of my students, twice he was. Students. Yeah, I do. Well, I go and travel to these seminars, oh, and training seminars. Claudio Castanoli. Yeah, and uh, uh, who Antonio Cesaro. Who loves you? He, did he, you see him at the at Raw? Yes, I did. We sat and had a great conversation, and you know he doesn't want to brag on anything. But when they say, "Well, he, this guy speaks four or five languages," I said, "Why don't you tell the truth? You speak like eight. He <laughs> says, "Well, you know, I don't want to tell him that." But he does, and so he showed up in one of my seminars in Zurich because he's from Switzerland, and the guy, because he's, he's, he was great then. This was 10 years ago. Then I, the next year, I have one in Amsterdam. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Who walks in? It's him. I said, What are you doing here? He says, Well, I, I, you know, I just want to come back and try to learn something else. I said, You know more than I know. <laughs> I said, You're better than me. <laughs> but uh, so you saw, you, maybe you saw it. I mean, 
Oh gosh, he was yes, he was. A, he's a, a fantastic talent from day one. As he long has, as he, stuck he has with all it. the tools that he needs. I mean, uh, the only thing I told him I said, get in the gym because he was a tall, skinny fella, had had no weight on him at all. And he, t- I said, are you are you trying to get to the states? And he told me he's going for Quackenbush. He went over for Mike Quackenbush, and then got into the Ring of Honor. And from there, he started working out and getting himself in shape. WWE picked him up. Something happened. They said he didn't have a visa or something, which was not true. I don't know where that came from. He won a visa in a visa lottery Mm -hmm. that uh, Canadians, uh, United Kingdom, and Mexico cannot enter. Every other country can enter this visa lottery program the American government has. They never taught it in school. I never heard of it either. You probably never heard of it. Never heard. None of the listeners ever heard of it. (laughs) I don't even know if you can find it on Wikipedia or YouTube or anywhere. It's a visa program. They give 50,000 of these out a year, mm-hmm. every year. It's a lottery, and he won it. Yeah. And he has a visa for life. My wife is Canadian, and if her and I are not married anymore, she gets deported. So you're st- he can stay forever. Yeah, she's still getting... She yeah. still can get some shit. He's here for good. Doing great. He's good for... That's he's so yeah. great. But did I... Did great I, talent. Did I see you... You've done Japan stuff, am I correct? Yeah, I was over for Baba for a five-week tour that I I left out of Puerto Rico and went there. And Puerto Rico, we did four days one week, was three this days after the next WCW. Week. No, 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 nothing came after WCW. But I, but bad memories, <laughs> misery. It's, it's it was so bizarre to, to actually. I just I went back doing the independence and forgot. I totally WCW didn't to me it didn't even exist. I wasn't. People say. Do you remember that song you had in WCW? And I say, no, I wasn't there long enough to learn the words. <laughs> and I don't know the song anymore. <laughs> I take pride in the fact that Eric Bitchoff, now I named him Bitchoff, and even guys that work there call him that. Right. But anyway, I take pride in the fact he put me in his books that he and the guy he enjoyed firing most was me. I don't know what I ever did to the guy, but obviously I did something that made him talk about me in his book. Made an impression. I appreciate that. (laughs) Listen, what what, what did we talk about earlier about doing the shoot interviews and doing everything, the the social media? Right. Any publicity is good publicity. They're talking about you. They're talking (laughs) about you. Well, well, listen, I I appreciate you coming on. Uh, You have a a plethora of stuff. The honky talk, your website. And- I, I have to be. I have to be very, very careful now that I've signed this legends contract with WWE. I can't. I'm, I'm politically correct now. Did you think that was going to happen? No, I did. <laughs> I never dreamed that door would still be open. Right. I never. And you know what? I, I I picked the phone up one day after I did the Raw in Buffalo, and they really treated me. They gave me a real good spot on that show, and treated me really nice with that spot, and. Even made the announcement, and now coming to the ring, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. That's when I walked through the curtain and I heard that announcement. It was like, I have been saying this, and I stole it from Muhammad Ali. I'm the greatest of all time. I can't be beat. Nobody can beat me. I'm the greatest of all time, Mean Gene. See, we always steal, like I said. But I stole that from Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time, and I kept saying it, saying it, saying it. Everyone said, no, you're the worst of all time, and which only added fuel to the fire. Then WWF, WWE did a 
WWE.com survey a few years ago, who's the greatest intercontinental champion? I won all the votes mm -hmm. over Shawn Michaels, over Brett, over Macho Man. So that legitimized it, but they never really, they never really said it until that night in Buffalo. And it struck me that that's a really nice way to offer an olive branch to a guy that, mm, believe me, I never thought they'd call me for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so you never say never when it comes to WWE. I, I feel bad for the fellows in the locker room that night who had to listen to that. To And now come, whoever the Intercontinental, I think is Wade Barrett, and he's a great Intercontinental champion if he still is by the time they hear this. But for him to sit there and, be listening and here ladies and gentlemen the greatest intercontinental champion of all time so that means anyone else who ever has the belt it, right. it, it cast a real shadow and I, I really did want to pass the torch down to santino morella i thought this guy and he still is a great talent he did a wonderful job with that thing and i would i wish it would have gone further but when they brought me back gave me that spot i went home i spent about a week and i said you know I've got this contract's been on my desk for 10 years. This Legends contract. Really? Yeah. It was offered 10 years ago. And uh, I I just was bullheaded and stubborn, and I didn't want to be a legend 10 years ago. Right. I'm 60 years old now. I'm ready to be a legend. <laughs> you know, my race is run. I'm never going back there and be the Intercontinental Champion or any of those things. I picked the phone up, and I called the legal department i said hey i'd be interested in entertaining this legends contract for still open does 20, this contract from 10 years ago still work they, he, they, they said, said let yeah. me check and he called back about 20 minutes later they said yeah they'd love to have you had the fedex package next morning got it signed fedexed it back the same day two weeks later it's done yeah and there's so many guys Listen, like from the, myself growing up, and you know, from your era that we loved, that we just associate wrestling with, and there's and there's people that can be ambassadors and people that aren't that aren't. And f for people my age, when we go or tickets are on sale or they're taking their kids to go get tickets, you know, uh, you're you're there with the guys that are like, oh shit, that's the honky tonk man. You know, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know what's gonna lie ahead. I don't know what they're gonna call me for if they ever call me for anything. But I still have some value that I can offer, whether it be how to manipulate the social media, uh, <laughs> how to uh, do an interview and, and then how to go on TV and radio and present yourself in a professional manner. Uh, I don't know. Uh, NXT to go down and train someone or do commentary with JR at any given point in time, a book or a DVD, sure. sure. Whatever they want to do now, I'm their boy. Uh, <laughs> who'd have thunk right yeah i mean never say never yeah uh so many people the first when you go back there Vince will stand up and say how are you doing of course everyone says i'm doing great which mind you you might be starving to death but you always say, oh, i'm doing great he asked me he said how are you doing i said i have my mind right i have my mind right now and he said i appreciate that you said, oh, hold on, you had your, is that Southern talk? I, I have my mind right now. Now you have your mind right now. Yeah. Okay. I have my mind right, Vince. Now, listen, can you give me the, the short on. That's how it went. On, what, on how it all, on how you guys weren't good for, for years. I, you know, Vince a businessman. That's one thing I have to say about him, and I am too. There's nothing you can say or do to him that he really takes personally. 
The same way with me. I've been called every bad thing in the book by everyone, and I, you know what? It's not personal. Mm. It's business. It's Vince is a businessman. He sees business first, personal issues he could care less about. If that's the case, half the guys that got hired back there would not be there. Right. I definitely wouldn't be there. <laughs> but I've never really gone on record to say anything bad about Vince McMahon at all because without the thing that Vince does, he gives you opportunity. That's it. There's no promises of anything with that glitters is going to be gold. There's no promise of nothing. He offers you an opportunity. It's up to you to grab that golden ring and run with it. Right. And, and that's all. I mean, you can't say anything bad about a guy that gives you opportunity. And you did. You ran with it. That's all I said. You're the greatest of all time. <laughs> greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Uh, what is your Twitter? Twitter is official HTM. Yeah. See, I don't. I go by HTM now. Not even Honky Tonk Man anymore. That's what the it's kids, HTM. That's what the kids do now. HTM, oh, HTM. <laughs> it's Triple H, HTM, HBK. Right. You know, I GTS. Mean, that's it. There you go. And your website is that still rocking? It's still going. HonkyTonkMan.net. We don't do a lot with it because right now, uh, you know, and I found out over the years, websites typically, unless you're offering something out there that's beyond extraordinarily great or good websites have been they have become secondary now to all this other social media right they really have but it's a home base i feel that that's pretty much you know it's it's a good way to get certain things out there but i i've turned fifty nine thousand followers on that twitter today as we're speaking and for an independent guy on the independent circuit, that's not bad. Mm. Not bad at all. Not bad. So is that the best? Like you do conventions and stuff, and people, still do the comic people cons. People want to get a hold I, of you I start, or anything. You know, I didn't. I didn't do the wrestling conventions with the old timers until my action figure came out. Okay. Because I didn't want to listen, folks. I didn't want to be associated with old people and mm. retired guys. <laughs> it all comes out. Now. But now you get an action figure out, you might as well go and look. I got a. I like to have a steak every now and again, too. Sure. I, I mean, I need the money. <laughs> Beautiful. Besides, uh, uh, yes, you are paying for this. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. I have. I have uh, yes, you do. I see a Subway soda pop over there. Free refills. I will give you my free refill, Honky Dog Man. It's, I, I mean, cool. I love doing this kind of stuff. And, and I told you before we went on, I did one of these. I've done one uh, since signing with WWE, and I'm doing yours uh, for you. And probably for all you other little podcasts out there, Please do not contact oh. me. I will not do it. I'm sorry, guys. But thank sorry. You. <laughs> if you're not Colt Cabana, you're not getting oh. a podcast. Well, I appreciate it. You're, thank you're you very the much. last podcast <laughs> I'm doing. Uh, and now you have to come on my show. Okay. I, I like it. It's a deal. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Comparing sideburns with a honky tonk man in a hotel room is just something that I'm. I'm just happy to say I've done. Congratulations, me. I don't know. Oh, all right, honky tonk man. Thanks for being on the podcast. You were a blast. Hey. Before we get out of here, let's get into some plugs and upcoming events. All right, the best way you can support ColtMerch.com and DigitalColt.com. Get that brand new live from the studio t-shirt. I got Twitter, at Colt Cabana. Follow me. I also have a very public email if you got something to say to me. ColtWrestling at gmail.com. Maybe you're a promoter and want to put me on your upcoming show or convention. Every Monday night, go to WorstPromoEver.com. Marty and I, we're on YouTube. We're YouTube superstars. Check out the website, WeLoveColt.com. I got a P.O. box. I got snail mail. You can send me something fun, and I will enjoy it. Also, you can sign up for the monthly newsletter. Subscribe. No spam. Bonus Worst Promo Ever material in that. The Facebook slash AOW podcast. Like it. Upcoming Friday, June 28th, Berwyn, Illinois, AAWrestling.com. Saturday, June 29th, Sepulpa, Oklahoma, Facebook slash Steel Rage Pro Wrestling. Thursday, July 4th, heading over to Vancouver, Canada, doing a comedy show Thursday. Ring a ding dong dandy, myself, Graham Clark, some other special funny people, tinyurl.com slash Van Colt. Then Friday and Saturday, July 5th and 6th, it's the wrestling part. Vancouver, Canada, eccw.com. Come on down and say hello. Sunday, July 7th, Monterey, Mexico. Do I got any fans down there? Facebook.com slash WWL Thursday, July 11th, Los Angeles, California. I will be chaperoning Matt Classic to luchavavoom.com. Friday, July 12th, Waterloo, Iowa. It's the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. There's going to be a lot of activities going on. I will be wrestling impactprowrestling.com Saturday, July 13th, Ottawa, Canada Acclaim Pro Wrestling Friday, July 19th, Brooklyn, New York the TheLotusWrestlingCenter.com and then Saturday, July 20th in Brooklyn at 3pm it's an afternoon podcast it's only 5 bucks, we'll get a Facebook event page up there as soon as we can Sunday, July 21st, Providence, Rhode Island Facebook slash Beyond Wrestling. Saturday, July 27th, Orlando, Florida. Get them on Twitter at USA Pro Wrestling. And then every day in August, except for Monday, Edinburgh, Scotland. Are you happy I said that right now? Edinburgh, Scotland. Comedy. Comedy commentary over professional wrestling at midnight with myself and Brendan Burns. TinyURL.com slash Colt in Scotland. Cheap tickets. Come see us. All right, guys. A big thanks to you for listening. Thanks to the Honky Tonk, man. Thanks to Cable Guy Jeff and Stu Stone. Thanks to Kid Russell and Matt Jenkins on the music. Big thanks to Hulu Plus. Head on over to HuluPlus.com slash Colt in all lowercase letters for your free extended trial. Watch some free TV. All right, guys. This has been The Art of Wrestling. For Cole Cabana, I'm Cole Cabana. Thanks.
Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.